by no one's demand but our own. And from our home office here in the Gulch, in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee, it is the 615 Sessions, brought to you by A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Buck Rising, here with you, football on the horizon, thank dear God, not NFL Draft, not Combine, not mock drafts, not any of the off-season, other off-season uh, periphery that we distract ourselves with during the time that there is no actual football being played. No AAF, just rookie minicamp starting today, Thursday, for your Tennessee Titans. Uh, they will be made available to us Saturday. We will preview on this particular episode the off-season storylines, not Marcus Mariota-related, that we are looking forward to with this new season on the horizon. We'll do that with Mickey Ryan. You know Mickey from 3HL over on 104.5 The Zone, the Titans' flagship. Uh, Mickey, good friend of mine for quite some time uh, here in Nashville. You can hear him on 3HL weekdays, 2 to 6 p.m. is when they are on The Zone. He, Brent Doherty, and Don Davenport along with JT. Uh, Mickey and I talked about a variety of things. We tried to uh, bridge the age gap between Mickey and I. It's always something I like to give him a hard time about. Mickey's not an old dude. He's in his 50s, but I'm 25, so he's literally twice my age. Uh, and so I like to make fun of some of the references that he uses that our audience would have no idea uh, about. But we have a lot to talk about. So instead of wasting your time rambling on by myself, uh, we'll get to Mickey Ryan of 3HL on 104.5 The Zone. Back here on the 615 Sessions, A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Titans are in the building at St. Thomas Sports Park. Rookie minicamp beginning today as you're hearing this on Thursday. It will run through the weekend and we will hear from the rookies coming up this Saturday. In the meantime, very happy to be joined by my buddy, Mickey Ryan, host of 3HL, weekdays 2 to 6 p.m., 104.5 The Zone. We're going to look over some of the off-season storylines for your Tennessee Titans with Mickey. You can follow him on Twitter at MickeyRyan1045. Mick, I appreciate you doing this, brother. Uncle Buck, man, I feel like one of the cool kids hanging out with you. Let, let's go. Let's have some good times here. I was about to say, you, you got a little jealous when you saw your girl Tiffany Blackman on the podcast. I knew you wanted to do it, so I had to throw you a bone, Mickey. Well, you know, the NFL Network's greatest reporter – has uh, you know turned down my show sometimes, so I got to tell you, man, that uh, that was a good get for you to land her. So you know, it's 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 nice to uh, to follow up a, a great act like Tiff. She's the best. Well, I got to tell you, Mickey, like that took such a sell job because you're right. She told me she goes, I I can't do this. I've turned down Mickey uh, at least twice. She I went to Atlanta, Mickey, to do the show, uh, the radio show I was doing um, from 680 the fan down there one weekend. And I asked Tiff, hey, do you want to, you know, you want to come hang out? I'm just in the battery. We're going to go out for drinks afterwards. Uh, feel free to stop by. And she told me that she has this awful anxiety about radio interviews. Uh, so I had to, I had to sell that harder than anything I've ever done in my life. Well, my thing is always, you know, I'm as dumb as a bag of hammers and I do it four hours a day. I mean, smart people shouldn't have any problem with this at all. You could train a, a monkey to do what I do. It really so, is. It really is so uncomplicated what we do talking into microphones for a living, Mickey. It's why it's why we're perfect for it. 
Well, you know what? There are birds that can talk. Literally, there are. <laughs> we could be replaced by birds, but think about that. <laughs> I mean, if it's not the robots, it's the birds. It's, it's It would ex- help explain my irrational fear of them, uh, but that's a well, topic for another day. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so you told me, uh, we're, we'll get to the Titans in a second, but this 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 is why I like the podcast, Mickey, because I can go all over the place without the constraints uh, of 12-minute segments. You told me that you were doing two things today. One was going to the post office, and the other was driving to Green Hills to go Mother's Day shopping. Uh, which do you find to be the more stressful of the two? Honestly, man, it's a two-way tie for first place. You throw rain on top of that, you've got the wet, angry post office crowd, and then you got a soaking wet Green Hills crowd, dude. That's I mean, that's not life that anybody wants to lead. Much less do both of them in one day. But I'm happy to report that the suicide mission has been survived, and I'm sitting in the parking lot at the radio station right now. So we're we're okay. You're braver man than I. See, Mick, I lose I lose all sense of confidence, all sense of competency every time I walk in the post office. I don't know well, if it's because, like, I've only been in, a, in an actual post office one time in my life, and I had no idea how to navigate uh, our U.S. postal system trying to mail something, which seems so simple, but turns out much, much more complicated. Uh, no, I, those, I'm terrified of it. Those are, those are hardworking American folks, and I appreciate and love the, the post office peeps, and uh, they're some of my favorite folks, but it's just... Uh, there's just uh, there's lines and you know there's questions that people are asking and I mean it's just slap some postage on whatever it is and send it to Nana and them and it'll be fine. <laughs> but there's a lot of questions that get asked. So uh, so I just bought my stamp and and I hustled on out of there. I appreciate you kissing ass uh, to the to the post office crowd as they're probably the ones listening to this as they drive around in their mail trucks trying to make sure that you don't get your mail lost. So I I, I saw what you did there. It's okay. Dude, the U.S. Postal Service are big Buck Rising fans. I know that. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you saying so, nonetheless. Let's talk Titans. Uh, With them back in the building as of April 15th, they begin rookie minicamp today. Uh, We'll talk about the rookies here in just a second, but what is your biggest storyline that you are looking at heading into this season, Mickey, that's not Marcus Mariota-related? Do you just take that off the table for everybody? Yes, 100%. I don't want to talk about the quarterback anymore until I have to. I'm done with it. Um, Well, I honestly thought going into the draft that the biggest needs that the team had were more pass rush and then somebody to help crush that cylinder, you know, to be the Robin to Jarrell Casey's Batman. Right. And the draft is done, and they got a guy next year who I think is going to be fantastic with helping Jarrell, but not this year. So to me, the two biggest questions defensively are the same two I had going into the draft is, do they have enough pass rush? And I love Cameron Wake. The fact that a 37-year-old man got a three-year contract, that's like buying a seven-leaf clover. I mean, that, that, <laughs> Props. That's like, that's like looking out your back window right now while we're doing this and seeing a unicorn, you know, grazing – out there with Cindy Crawford riding on that unicorn's back. I mean, you're just not going to see that. So it's an interesting story. We saw him get about half the snaps in Miami last year. And by, you know, pro football focused metrics, which some people think are the gospel and some people think are garbage. He had a high win rate, you know, third highest win rate. So whatever that means, uh, but they need more win rates, 
you know, they need more pass rush from the outside. And it'll be interesting to see who can really help Jarrell. So he's not a one man gang in the middle of the Titans defensive line. To me, that's, that's, those are my two biggest questions defensively and have been since the season ended last year. And on offense, I, I said this on the show 3HL um, that I do. If people want to check that out on 104.5 The Zone, 2 to 6 p.m. weekdays. Yes, sir. Um, I, I said I thought the MVP on offense needed to be Corey Davis. And my two co-hosts, I thought they were going to have me, like, gutted and, you know, hung on the flagpole outside. I said, well, give me a second. And they both came back at me with Derrick Henry. I said, look, I'll give you Derrick Henry, and I'll give you Marcus. But I'll just say this. If nobody is doing anything on the outside on the outside to garner the attention of the defense, <clears throat> then Derrick Henry is going to have – he's going to be running uphill. You know, the same way I walked to school both ways all those years ago. <laughs> and, and if Corey Davis – let's say we total it up, and at the end of the year he's got 86 catches and 1,250 yards – don't you think that means Marcus Mariota had a pretty good year? Because we know Delaney's going to get his, and Adam Humphreys is at a position that probably means he's going to get his, especially based on what we've seen the Titans do offensively. But to me, Corey Davis is the biggest story offensively on the team because I feel like if the season's over and he's had a breakout year, then so will a bunch of other people. Uh what, before I react to all of that that you just gave me, because that's a ton, I had to Google who Cindy Crawford is, Mickey. Don't feel old. Thanks, Junior. <laughs> I'm like, who is this Cindy Crawford, and how does she have the ability to ride unicorns? I need to meet this woman, and yes, now that now that I've Googled her, I can confirm I need to meet this woman. Uh, Mickey well, she, Ryan. She rides unicorns, that's for sure. <laughs> Mickey Ryan, co-host of 3HL, 104.5 The Zone, weekdays 2 to 6 p.m. here in Nashville. Kind enough to be with us on the 615 Sessions. Uh, see, you, you talked about, because there was a lot that you just gave me there, Mick, and there's, there's a lot of questions around a team uh, that one would think would be, would, I guess would be on a little more solid footing when you look on paper at the things that they have around them. Uh, but there's a great deal of uncertainty around the Tennessee Titans. And one area that you mentioned uh, that I think isn't exactly a given is Delaney Walker. You said you know he's going to get his. I don't know that Delaney Walker – listen, I'm not going to doubt that man. I, I think that people have made the mistake of doubting him uh, throughout the entirety of his career. But I look at that injury, Mickey, and I think like it's totally acceptable if – out of the gate, Delaney Walker isn't available to get his. I just hope people uh, are are kind of of the mindset that that may be the case. To me, but and, and that's true. Uh, obviously, we, we don't know what his calendar is or what his clock is to get healed up. But he's one of those people that until he shows me he can't do something, then I believe he can do it. Like if Delaney came to the radio station now and said, I'm going to climb up on the roof and I'm going to jump off and fly down to your car, I'd be like, okay, man, sure. <laughs> but but to, but to him... There may be a, some legal issues with witnessing that, Mickey. You may, you may want to get that straightened out on your end. Well, that that's true. I'd have to film it on my phone. <laughs> but to me, to me, he is a person who, until he shows me he can't do it, then I believe he can do it. And I love Marcus Mariota, and if my daughter was old enough to marry him, like he's the kind of guy, not, not that I would say same for Delaney, but I'm trying to qualify this like a bless your heart for Marcus thing sure. to Southern people do that. I love the guy, and I know his teammates love him, and I love his grit 
and that he blocks people, although he really shouldn't do that. You know, he, they, he shouldn't ever block linebackers. When you've, when you've got a spine problem that ends your season, you probably don't want to throw your shoulder into the stomach of a New York Giants middle linebacker. So, so don't do that, but I'm just qualifying to say there's a lot of things I love about him. But even the team in year five is saying, I need to see that you can do it. So with Delaney, it's show me that you can't. And, and then you have that complete flip side with Marcus and even with Jack Conklin where it's like, okay, show me that you can. So I, I'm just going to believe that Delaney can do it until he doesn't do it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like that's, that's the whole problem with my, my – or at least my problem with pregame and preseason analysis, right, is we, we – it's difficult to get a measure on things and difficult to accurately tell people, hey – I, I have not seen this happen before, so until I see it happen, it's not it's not uh, possible that it would happen. Uh, but of course, that's basically what we all do for a living, so there's no way around it. Um, sure. I look I look at Derrick Henry to stay on the offensive side of the ball, and I there is an entire football season um, to go. Obviously, we know what Derrick Henry's situation in terms of playing time. Uh, and then once he was kind of once he was expected to assume the role of the starting running back, we saw him kind of flounder to start the season and then finish strong uh, with perhaps the best month a running back has ever had in Tennessee. And that's no small feat given the uh, the caliber of players that have been with this franchise previously. But I I look at just from as we sit here today on May the ninth, Mickey, and I say I don't care what Derrick Henry does. Uh, to to either have great success or to underwhelm this season, I'm not of the opinion that you should pay a running back a second contract because of how we have seen them devalued and how much better ways there are to allocate your money. Uh, how do you view the Derrick Henry contract situation as we sit here in May? Well, we know he's got one more year to do what he does. Yeah. You know, it's such an interesting thing, Buck, because you established with your Cindy Crawford comments that there's a large age gap between us. Um, it's all right. I still love you, bud. You know, I, I grew up as a kid. Now, I'm not old enough to remember Jim Brown. He retired before I was born, but I remember the, hey, the heyday of O.J. Simpson. I remember when he was known for football. You know, I remember Walter Payton. I remember Barry Sanders, who I'm sure you remember, too, but you know, I remember Just off when he YouTube, running... though, Mickey. I mean, that's okay, okay, okay. But I remember when you know running backs were surefire first round draft picks, and they were guys that made a lot of money on your team, and they were guys that were valued into you know second contracts and that type of thing. And it's odd to see that that's become not expendable, but it's become more of a plug and play scenario. Of I'm not paying that guy six million dollars. I'm going to draft a guy, and I'm going to pay him six fifty. You know, I'm going to, so for Derrick Henry and for the Titans, it comes down to this. I think if you're John Robinson, what's your philosophy on running backs? Cause we know it came from the Patriots mold and like the Patriots don't want to pay guards. You know, there are certain things he came from that family of, okay, we don't pay this position, but we do pay this when we sign this group to second contracts. We don't sign this. So it comes down to what John Robinson thinks. And then the other thing for Arthur Smith if Arthur Smith has this dream scenario of this is what the Arthur Smith offense looks like, and it's like diddle diddle diddle, and we go into this dream scenario, is Derrick Henry the running back in that scenario? Because if he's not, Buck, 
then why in the world would you pay in big money? Yeah. But if Arthur, but if Arthur Smith says, "Hey, J. Rob and Vrabel, step into my dream sequence with me," that's Derrick Henry right there. You know, that's him. Then, then maybe you try to work something out earlier than later, and you don't let him test the market, and you just try to figure out a number that both of you can live with. Yeah, it's it's such a it's such a difficult thing to analyze, right? Because we. We have, again, another unknown around the Tennessee Titans is Arthur Smith, who's been with the team for eight years. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Um, right. But we have no idea what this dude's going to look like as somebody calling plays. We know the ups and downs because there were both ups and downs in Matt, in year one of Matt LaFleur calling plays, and then he ended up going to the Green Bay Packers, and, and the story is what that – uh, what that ha- has become over the course of the offseason. That's that's not something that seemed to particularly matter for an offense that didn't do well, um, all the all the situations around it withstanding. Uh, I look at Arthur Smith, and I, it just adds an even more complex piece into the equation because, okay, well, if we're going to look at Derrick Henry that way, should we also look at Marcus Mariota that way? Um, is that going to be something that Arthur Smith evaluates, even though he's been with the franchise longer than Marcus? He knows who Marcus is. He knows what Marcus is capable of. Um, is that how we should be approaching the quarterback as well as the running back in an offense that we don't really know outside of that he's told us there's going to be continuity from a language perspective and, and some of the schematic things? We don't know what Arthur Smith is going to do. Oh, no, we don't. I mean, 100% what you said Arthur Smith has a dream quarterback, and who knows? Maybe it's a guy that's coming out of college or a guy whose contract is coming up somewhere else. You know, you and I, it's our job to go on on the air and project things and guess about things and give our opinion about things. But but ultimately, and and I, I don't know if you said this, Buck, but, but I have heard others say it. I've heard Alan Bell from 24-7 Sports, and um, I, I've heard some other – people in NFL circles say this the Titans know what they have in Marcus Mariota yeah and and I'll give you the no continuity I'll give you not the greatest wide receivers I'll give you some real difficulty with the offensive line at times I'll give you all those things but they know physically what he can do they know his injury history they know his arm strength and heck you mentioned Arthur Smith I mean that dude was like, he was here before time. You know, he didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on him. That cat's been here forever. He was before. He was here before Cindy Crawford could ride unicorns. That's true. So, that man, that's a million-dollar question right there is, what's he saying about the guy? Yeah. What What's he telling John Robinson and Vrabel? And I know fans are like, and, and maybe we're all kind of tempted to say this, well, they kept Arthur Smith. And they're going to give Marcus his best chance with continuity. Well, all those dudes needed continuity. All of them needed it. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of young people. Uh, Taewon Taylor, my Lord, that man needs some continuity. You know, Corey Davis needs it. They all need continuity. It's, it's Jack Conklin. I mean, we could go up and down the list. There's a bunch of guys who are like five or year less guys who've, who've seen a lot of different stuff offensively. So it wasn't just Marcus. So this idea that they're doing this to give Marcus the best chance, they're doing this to give everybody the best chance. And by all accounts, if you talk to anybody in that building, hey, man, Arthur Smith was one of the most prepared cats. Like, you know, he knew the game plan in and out. He knew how to implement it. He knew strengths and weaknesses of players. 
you know, listen to Delaney Walker talk about, I think he calls him Art. Listen to him talk about his friend Art. Players love the guy. That wasn't just a, let's put this dude in here to help Marcus. This was, this guy knows our system. This guy knows our personnel. Our personnel likes him, and we feel like he can be an asset, obviously, because John Robinson doesn't pick people because they're his friends or because it's convenient. This is his job on the line with everything he does. So if it's his job on the line, he's telling Arthur Smith, bro, I need to know what the best case scenario is, and is it Marcus or is it not? Yeah, Mickey, I look I look at the Arthur Smith hire and I'll 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 make it, I'll give you one more question before I get a, get you out of here. I've to, I've kept you uh, entirely too long today. I I look at the Arthur Smith hire and I think okay, well it's not it's not a big shakeup. It's not something, it's not fireworks. It's not right. you know, it's nothing. It's not sexy, Buck. It's, it's not, not sexy. sexy. Um but isn't that kind of what you want? For a, a, a totally, you know, not dysfunctional football team, you want something that's not going to rock the boat a bunch. You want something that's going to come in, some a, a known commodity, uh, and something that's going to do as little shaking of the boat or rocking of the boat as, as you would like because these coaches and GMs are obsessed with not rocking the boat. So wouldn't it make the most sense in the world to do something that you think is going to not rock the boat? Well, I just think whatever you think will have the best end result. And, you know, we all wondered because there were some, you know, offensive wizard names. You know, there were all kinds of names thrown about of people that might be available or that would be available or wanted to talk. And then literally the first person ever said that name, I don't want to discredit anybody, but Red Bryan of Titans Radio walked in our studio one day in a commercial break. And we're like, dang, man. And think about this, Buck. Like when was the last time a fan base least – like less affected by a coordinator leaving than when Lafleur left. It's like, oh, okay. Titans fans were so non-affected by that. That just blew my mind because of the way things went this past year. He may go on and be the next, you know, Holmgren with the Packers. I don't want to say Lombardi because nobody's that, but he may go on and have great success. But anyway, people were well, like, especially oh, okay. Mickey, given what he given what he was coming into the job. Right? right, people were celebrating this dude as the second coming of football Christ in Tennessee. Right, because right. of because he was bringing new concepts, and Mike Malarkey was out with the old, and Terry Robisky can go run exotic Smash Mouth in Buffalo, and nobody will care. Um, and and then to see the way that people were, not, some of them were celebrating him on the way out the door from Tennessee. Yeah, so you concepted yourself to the bottom five of the league. So you know. And then Arthur Smith steps in, and Rip Ryan comes into the to the studio one day, and he goes, I'm just going to give you all a name to look at. Because we're thinking Pat O'Hara, maybe, the quarterback's coach. That's what I said. And so he goes, Arthur Smith. And we're like, I, I said, I haven't heard that guy talk. Does he have a voice? Does he vocalize things? Or does he, like, just, like, hand signal? I mean, Arthur's such a quiet guy. Yeah. Now, you can hear him coaching dudes up. But, you know, as far as – coming over and mugging it up with the press or anything. He's the least He's the least uh, emotive of any of the assistant coaches or position coaches that we talk to when they're made available to us. Like, I'm Kerry yes. Coombs, Sparks and Fireworks, Arthur Smith, not Sparks and Fireworks. No, and, and I'll say this. I've interviewed before, and he's a great guy to talk to. Sure. And his brother played football at Memphis when I was at, working at Arkansas State, and I asked him about his brother, and he just lit up talking about his brother. So he's – He's a neat guy, but Buck, 
I'm telling you, Rip Ryan walks in and says that name. We're like, Arthur Smith. Well, he's been here a long time, longer than anybody. Yeah. Arthur Smith. Well, that's an interesting thing. And then sure enough, it took it took a minute for that to bubble up. But here we go. So Rip Ryan, if they're in our office pool, I think he won. <laughs> Shout out Rhett Bryan for his uh, his predictions of Titans coaching personnel and for his exceptional English accent that I impressed yes. with every time I hear it. All right, quickly, because it is the first day of rookie minicamp uh, and we have to talk about the rookies in some capacity. You and I were both making fun of on Twitter the Giants tweeting out a video, a hype video of Daniel Jones completing passes against air. How much, uh, how much will we be clamoring for the first video of A.J. Brown catching passes without a defense? I just Who's the first person to get one out? Will it be Jim Wyatt? Oh, Jimmy's, he, Jimmy's had these things in the tank for like two weeks. He just fires them off right before the rest of us just to twist the knife a little deeper. Yes. I mean, he's got some, you know, some access that the rest of us chuckleheads don't have. Um, <laughs> you know, this is, this is one of the great things in sports is look at these guys in shorts and helmets. Look at them. Look, look at the professional athlete looking like a professional athlete. Isn't this neat? <laughs> right. I mean, look how these guys are built. They're built like, like football players. This is amazing. And <laughs> they're running sprints at half speed right now. Oh, my gosh. And, and that's what we have to do because that's all we got because nobody's going to tackle anybody and nobody's going to run into anybody. And if they do, they'll get yelled at because you can't go out there and run into somebody in shorts and, you know, this is just one of the, the great hype weekends is first glimpse at your guys in the spring before the next season, and people are desperate for football stuff. And then we just have to say, yeah, this guy looks the part. Oh, let me tell you something. They were throwing some pass patterns, and, and this guy, he was catching them. I mean, <laughs> and, I, I mean, the routes looked really crisp. Uh, out there and that's what we I mean what are we going to do man Uh, that's exactly what we're going to do and then we're going to take the videos Jim Wyatt's going to tweet them out he's going to tweet out like a slideshow of every catch that AJ Brown made over the course of the availability and then we're going to go ask Mike Vrabel about the passes that his new wide receiver caught against no defense and Mike Vrabel is going to look at us like we're all idiots really to me the best thing is is taking just a long hard look at some dude in shorts and like trying to think if this undrafted guy from Monmouth, man, he's explosive. <laughs> Maybe that guy's bigger than what I, you know, or just pick a Southern Baptist technical Northern state. And it's like, hey, man, I know that cornerback is 5'7", and that's why he didn't get drafted. That guy was explosive. And he and then he's like gone next week, you know. <laughs> Jordan, what, was the, what was the wide receiver from UCLA's name last year? Jordan Vesey. Who is this year's Jordan Vesey? I can't wait to find out. And then you wind up and you followed a bunch of these dudes on Twitter and, you know, then you don't want to unfollow them because they're cut off an NFL team and you feel bad. And, <laughs> you know? Well, Mickey, I, you're nicer than I am. I just straight unfollow them. I don't need that cluttering up my timeline. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be nice, man. Well, you are infinitely nice and you have given us uh, too much of your time. Gracious as always. Mickey Ryan, co-host of 3HL. Weekdays, 2 to 6 p.m., 104.5 The Zone is where you can hear my friend Mick. Brent Doherty and Don Davenport, as well as their producer, JT. Uh, Mickey, I look forward to seeing you this weekend, I'm sure. Uh, also, make sure you're following Mickey on Twitter. Mickey Ryan 1045 uh, is where you can follow my guy. Thanks for doing this, brother. 
All right, Uncle Buck. I'll talk to you later, brother.